Can engineers build their own camera-enabled embedded systems? I'm your host, Todd Baker, and in this episode of The Current, our very own intelligent sensing engineer, Don Gunn, takes us through new solutions he's developed to make these proof of concepts for machine vision easier. So we've talked a lot on this podcast about how embedded design is changing a lot. Um, it has changed a ton over the course of the last 10 years and even the last five years and two years uh, to where, you know, systems now need to be a lot more interactive with the environment around them. Uh, and the designs that we used to do as engineers where we had a couple of sensors that are detecting temperature, detecting light, uh, detecting motion, and we had a couple of spy ports, a few I2Cs, we could feed that into a, a microcontroller, uh, collect that data, um, maybe it's a, there's a user at the terminal and we just want to operate on base the bus, button pushes that that user's doing. And now we want embedded systems that instead of being you know, kind of controlled by the user that's present, we want systems that are actually able to detect exactly what's going on in the environment around them, um, in some cases see the environment around them, and make decisions without a user even being there. Um, and that's a really exciting direction for technology, but it can also be a little bit daunting for embedded engineers who are more used to working in that microcontroller type of design. Um, because now we see very sophisticated imaging sensors with high speed um, data interfaces that need a processor to be able to handle that, to be able to run the application and the complex applications that are required in those systems. Um, and, and so now we've moved from maybe a system where we had just a bare metal uh, you know, microcontroller to a full-blown Linux operating system um, with multiple threads, a, a lot of complex algorithms going on uh, in order to interpret what's going on in our environment and make decisions right then and there that the system are going to take on. Um, so today, I I'm talking with one of our experts in this arena, uh, Don Gunn, who's a multimedia processor specialist on Futures uh, Intelligence Solutions team. Uh, and we're talking a little bit about the things that embedded, embedded engineers have to consider in these systems, um, and also a little bit about a few of the tools that he and FIS have developed that are going to make those designs a little bit easier for customer engineers to bring up to speed. So, Don, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you, Todd? Great. Thanks, thanks very much for joining me. Definitely appreciate it and, and always great talking to you. Um, so, talk to me a little bit about some of the challenges that you've seen when you're working with customer engineers that are working on these kinds of systems. You know, what are some of the things that they have problems with? What are some of the gotchas as they're developing those systems with an imaging sensor and a processor? Well, one of the challenges with integrating an image sensor into a new system is trying to prototype and do some sort of proof of concept uh, type of, of work. Um, with, with various image sensors, they either come as a raw sensor or as a camera module, and then you need to find a way of connecting that up to uh, your embedded system or your evaluation kit from a, from a processor manufacturer. So that, that's, that's probably the biggest challenge. The, the modules, if you can get a module with the sensor that you're looking for, um, they have different types of connectors on them, and those are not necessarily something that you can just plug into an eval board. Right, right. And, and so you end up in a situation, I guess, as an engineer where you either have to create your own hardware first or you've got to figure out some way to interface those devices, um, which is, is, is kind of a tall order when you're you know, just initially doing a design and you don't want to have to do a full on board spin. Exactly. So uh, right now, the way it is, is if you have an image sensor and you have an eval board, you essentially have to develop an adapter board 
to bridge that connection there because the, these sensors are typically MIPI interfaces, which is a high-speed serial interface. Signal integrity is a challenge, um, so you can't just use uh, you know jumper wires to connect up a sim image sensor to to an eval board. So you would have to develop a specified, specialized uh, adapter board to to connect the two. Absolutely, and that adds a whole new level of complexity and, and, and time to, to finish the design, which nobody wants to deal with. We need to get things done and we need to get them done quickly. So any tricks or tools that you've seen engineers use kind of as a best practice to kind of get over that hurdle and, and get to a point where they don't have to actually spin their own board to bridge the, the camera and the processor eval? Well, I think primarily right now, uh, you have to do your proof of concept with a sensor that is different than the one that you're using or that you intend to use, uh, if, if, unless you're planning on using the one that is provided by the manufacturer that's specifically designed for the eval kit. Uh, so that, that sort of presents, presents a challenge. You don't necessarily know exactly what you're going to get in your finished product uh, when, you, uh, when you get your imager uh, hooked up. So uh, it's not an ideal situation to be, to be just using the sensor that's available uh, instead of the one that you want to actually use. And so have you guys worked on develop anything for customers that they can help to bridge that gap? Any adapters or anything like that? Yeah, so we, right now we actually have uh, a number of image sensor modules uh, available uh, based on primarily on on-semi image sensors. And they actually have uh, all got a common connector on them. So what we've done is we've developed a, a little adapter board uh, that we're calling it Cyclops. Um, that will let you plug in these on semi modules onto uh, the and the, the adapter board has two separate uh, connectors on it. The, fir the first one is the mini SAS connector, which is the standard connector that NXP puts on all of their uh, latest eval kits uh, for hooking up uh, a MIPI camera. Uh, the other one is a Raspberry Pi style ribbon connector, and, and you can use either one uh, to connect uh, these sensors to an eval board. Okay. Okay. All right. So that, that sounds like that takes a lot of headaches out of the design process for a lot of engineers. So, so we've developed this for, you know, fairly common MIPI interface coming out of a lot of the different camera sensors, particularly on semis Aptina family. What about on the processor side? I mean, what processors is this ready to, to connect to and where are we kind of, uh, you know, able to help customers on that side? Uh, so there's a lot of, a lot of manufacturers out there that are making um, uh, processors with, with image sensors. So we have NXP, ST, um, Renesis, uh, they all have uh, products with MIPI, MIPI camera inputs. Essentially what you, you can use this with is any, any board that has a processor that has a MIPI camera input uh, and either a mini SAS connector or a Raspberry Pi style ribbon uh, connector on it. And you can connect the, the sensor, uh, any of these sensors right up to, to these eval boards. Okay, so is it does it end up being just as simple as taking this kind of bridge card, plugging in your your imaging sensor on one side, plugging in the the processor dev board on the other side, and, and you're good to go? Uh, yes and no. Uh, it depends on the image sensor. So the yeah. with embedded systems, you have a, a kind of a, a, a customized Linux kernel and and the drivers that go with that. Some drivers are available at open source, um, like the camera, for example, the OV5640 is a, is a very common image sensor, but it's, it's actually being discontinued, so a lot of customers can't use that anymore, but that was right. well supported in the open source community. Um, but a lot, of these, a lot of the sensors that you may be interested in don't necessarily have a pre-canned driver that you can just grab and, and go, and you can't just plug it in. You, so, so what you have to do is you have to, you have to 
either create a, a custom driver or obtain a driver for the sensor that you're using. And then you have to integrate that into the Linux kernel uh, and then sort of customize a few things at the at, at, at a low level in, in the, the device tree for, for your system. So you'd have to add in support for the hardware that you're adding and then driver support on the software side so that you can actually bring up your image sensor and, and test it out. And, and where typically would an embedded engineer find the, uh, you know, if you're looking for those drivers and you need to find them, where are the best places to go look for that if you've got a new camera module and you're, you're starting a new project? Uh, that's a good question. So in a lot of cases, they, they just don't exist. So um, one thing that we've done with, with the sensor modules that we, that we support and that we provide for customers um, is, uh, say, specifically for the AR1044 uh, or AR0144, yeah. Uh, we, yeah. we've actually obtained some, uh, compiled some code that was provided by OnSemi and then modified that and adapted it to, uh, to be able to run on NXP eval boards, for example. Uh, so that's, uh, but in general, uh, you may not necessarily be able to just get a driver uh, provided. So that would, uh, oftentimes that would actually involve customers developing their own driver code uh, specific for the sensor that they're using. Right. Definitely a time consuming thing on that. So, you know, I, I think that, that you know, it, it's always one of the things that, that I love about working with you guys um, on the FIS team is you guys can help customers get that done quickly, find where those drivers might exist, um, either on the processor side or, or with the, the, the camera module uh, manufacturer um, and, and kind of expedite that. Because if, if you end up in a situation where you've picked a module and maybe you've picked a camera sensor that doesn't have a readily available driver, the amount of time that can add to a project becomes excessive. Um, Absolutely, you know, definitely a painful thing. Yeah. So in the in the case of the of this system that we have right now, um, you know, if a customer wants to evaluate the the AR zero one four four, that work has been done, and it's more of a uh, the driver code is provided as a proof of concept, so you can get a, a video stream going up. Um, in this case, it's a uh, it's a raw image sensor. There's no ISP involved, uh, so you you would have Bayer data coming in, and then you can do what you want with that video data, um, whether you want to stream it to a display or or, right. or uh, compress it and send it out over Ethernet. Um, so, but in that case, uh, we can actually help customers. I'm I, I'm the one that went through build, building all that up and integrating it into the image. Uh, so, if anybody is out there interested in testing out that sensor, then I can work with them to to get them through that. Um, the first time I did it uh, was if I'd never done an image sensor before uh, integration. Uh, I spent yeah. a couple of months tinkering around and getting things working. Uh, when I uh, when I did it the second time on a separate eval board, it took me a, about a day. Uh, so you know, okay. once you've been through all the all the bumps and hurdles, uh, things go a lot smoother. Right, like and riding can, a bike. And we once, can once you've done it once. <laughs> yeah, you and we can help. Down. Yeah, absolutely. And then we can help people. Uh, through those hurdles and, and uh, get them up and running with a, kind of a basic video stream, and then they can take it from there. Awesome. That, that's powerful. I mean, I think, you know, when you've got, you know, engineers that are trying to figure out things for the first time, having an expert sitting alongside you, uh, you know, helping to expedite that is, is just huge. So, so you mentioned that with this particular sensor, it's, you know, you're getting a raw image output directly from this particular on semi uh, Aptina sensor going into the processor. Now, what about if the, the sensors out there that might have an ISP, an image signal processor already on board that's doing some of that? Is there anything different that needs to be done there? Do, you know, does it, is it required to have an ISP to use this uh, bridge board or this adapter board? Or is that something that, you know, doesn't really matter depending on the sensor? 
Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's not required. You don't have to have an ISP. Uh, but mm -hmm. in this example, right now, if I want to stream the video from uh, from a raw sensor to the display, I have to do a Bayer conversion. Uh, so that's taking raw Bayer data from the right. image sensor, and that has to be converted to RGB before it can be displayed. So the sensor itself can stream at 60 frames per second, but when you're doing that Bayer conversion in software, uh, the, re the actual reality of, of what I'm getting on my screen is about five frames per second because there's a lot of overhead with doing that video processing. Um, so that overhead can be uh, eliminated either if, if, you're, if you're a specific situation, you, like say for machine vision applications, uh, if you don't need RGB data and you can work with the raw data, you don't need to do that conversion and you can just work with the raw data as is. Um, if, if not, if you do need that conversion, uh, you can either have an ISP uh, external, uh, so it would be between the image sensor right. and, and the main processor. Or we're actually starting to see um, a couple of manufacturers out there that are starting to integrate ISPs into their processors so that actually will handle all of that functionality and offload the main processor. So the, right now, the um, um, Renesis and NXP both have processors with this functionality, uh, and um, and that's something that can be integrated into the whole system to to improve performance and 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 improve the quality of the the video coming out. Yeah, of yeah I, I think we're probably going to see that continue to increase a lot. You know, as there's a lot more machine learning applications out there, object recognition applications out there, like we're talking about today. Uh, you know, I think those ISPs are going to become as is important in the processor and the multimedia processor area um, as so many other peripherals we've gotten used to there. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. Um, an interesting feature of these of these processors that have the ISPs built in is both the Renesis and the NXP uh, options have uh, a built-in machine learning hardware acceleration, so you can you can very quickly yeah. process video data and actually extract the machine learning information that you're that you're interested in. So that's a, that's a, um, uh, if you were trying to do that without an ISP and without that machine learning accelerator, you have the overhead of trying to convert your video data in software, and then you're trying to run the AI inferencing uh, also in software. So your your performance would drop significantly. Uh, if you're using a, a device that has a built-in ISP and you have a built-in uh, um, uh, machine learning accelerator, uh, you would you'd be going from probably two or three frames per second, uh, say for example if you're doing object detection, uh, up to probably 40 or 50 frames per second to do the same thing. Well, that's a huge improvement. So I, I mean just that, that small piece of hardware is going to make a big difference uh, for any uh, anyone that's designing with that kind of a system. So uh, that's beautiful. Absolutely. So, so you mentioned you've done this, uh, you know, a couple of different designs with this now and, and have started to get very adept on the, the image sensor to processor interface. Uh, have you got an example of, uh, of kind of using the, the Cyclops adapter board in a system and, and how that works? Yeah, I do. Uh, so maybe what I'll do first is I can show you what the actual uh, the adapter board looks like. Um, so let me just unplug it here. Uh, so this this is the the Cyclops board that we've developed. So you'll see there's the image sensor module right here, and it's on kind of a little ribbon connector, and then uh, ribbon cable, and there's a connector there. On the front of the board here, uh, this is the ribbon cable connector. If you have like the Raspberry Pi style uh, MIPI interface on your board, um, and then on the back uh, we have this mini SAS connector uh, that is uh, that is used on the uh, majority of the NXP valve kits. So what I can do is I can now um, this mini I can just plug this in 
to the cable that came with my eval kit from from NXP on the 8M Mini. Right. And plug that in, and then I will plug it into the board. And I will share my screen here. Okay, so on the right, uh, that's just a, a serial console for the board. And in the background, um, that's the main output of, uh, of the eval board. So we'll just boot up okay. here. Okay, so that's the Wayland desktop in the background there. Uh, and then my serial console, I can log into Linux. And then from there, I can... Uh, uh, I can just set up a simple GStreamer pipe to get the video from uh, the AR0144 onto the main display of, of the kit. So uh, GStreamer, and then we'll have uh, V4L2 source. So that's the video for Linux uh, subsystem. Uh, that, so that's the, the driver that, that I've sort of put together uh, is supporting that subsystem. Um, and then we have to do the Bayer conversion. So we do Bayer to RGB, and then we want to send it out to the Wayland display. So we'll say Wayland sync, and then uh, sync uh, false. So we'll hit that, and there we go. So you can see that's uh, the initialization code there uh, that I've just added in for debugging purposes. You can see all the registers that are being written to the image sensor. And then in the background, you can see uh, the video coming from from the sensor. In this case, it's a monochrome sensor, and it's a it's a global shutter monochrome sensor. Um, and we're getting about five frames per second here right now because of the Bayer to RGB conversion being done in software. Uh, so I can hit uh, Control C on there, and it shows me exactly uh, what my frame rate was. Uh, so it okay. showed 141 frames at at 5.3 frames per second. Okay. So if we're wanting to do some kind of object recognition, if, if we need more than five frames per second, what are our options? I mean, how, how do we get to a point where we can, you know, handle more frames? Is, is that just a matter of putting in an ISP or, or what all is required there? Yeah, so machine learning is, is a processing intensive application. So having a machine learning accelerator in, built into an embedded system is, is pretty key in performance. Uh, so, you know, we've discussed this and what it would look like. So I could just show you a little quick demo here. Uh, I will show you uh, what that looks like. So I'll show my screen. And over here I have the MX8M Plus. Uh, you can kind of see that from the, uh, the prompt here in, in, in Linux. Uh, and what I'll do is I will run an object detection uh, using a video stream that is that does not require an ISP in this case. Um, so this is RGB data coming into the part. Uh, and this is the PyIQ uh, demo framework is something that you can install on any of the MX8 uh, eval boards from NXP and run these demos. So you can see in the background there, that's, that's live video uh, as we're sitting here and it's identifying the different things that are in my room here. It's identified me as a person, the chair that I'm sitting in. And you can see up in the corner here, depending on what's happening in the scene, uh, we're getting 35 to 45 frames per second. Uh, in the in the inference, um, you can also do to see the difference that 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 you get with um, with the machine learning accelerator or without. Uh, I can show you. I've got a switch video uh, 
that um, I can switch back and forth between CPU inference and NPU inference. The NPU is the is the, the hardware accelerator in the 8M plus that accelerates the AI learning. This particular demo is set up with with a uh, just a, a, a pre-recorded video. So we're seeing the inference time here is about 16, 17 milliseconds, and that's running on the on the NPU, which is the accelerator. If I switch to CPU, uh, you can see here that that's gone up to you know 150 to 200 milliseconds uh, for the same function. So this would be what you would get on a part that doesn't have that acceleration block. And then if you do have uh, that accelerator in here, uh, this is the performance that you get. So it's a pretty substantial difference uh, when you're using a part with and without a machine learning accelerator. Excellent. No, I mean, a huge difference and just a great demonstration to show how that extra piece of hardware and built in the processor can make an enormous impact on an application, particularly when we're talking about machine learning uh, and a system that's able to really adapt to the environment, understand the environment, react to the environment very, very quickly. That's exciting. In this particular, for this particular processor, having having an ISP on the board would actually probably get you up to about ten or twelve frames per second, uh, okay. if you're doing an object detection. Uh, but if you want to go faster than that, then then a part like the the MX8M Plus from NXP or the RZ V2M from Renesis with built-in machine learning acceleration that'll get you up to the you know the forty plus frames per second for uh, you know a. a probably a 720p video stream uh, doing object detection and you can detect people going by, you can detect chairs, backpacks, uh, there's a large number of things and you can you can specifically train your model uh, for whatever it is that you're actually looking for. Okay, okay, and then so for that training, I mean, are, are those libraries already in existence? Is that something where uh, we and the FIS team can help with that training process? How exactly would that work for a customer that wanted to, maybe they don't want to detect chairs or backpacks, maybe they, they want to detect apples? Uh, something like that, you know, how, how would we go about that helping that customer? Yeah, absolutely. So we have uh, some experience with, with doing uh, transfer learning and customizing models. Um, and that's actually, uh, I mean, we can, we can sit down with customers and help them work through it if they've never done it before. Or we can provide like um, lab type material so that they can kind of work through it themselves and then, and then uh, in, uh, perform their uh, testing and, and, and modifications as required on, on their own. And then have the FIS team here to support them in that effort. Excellent. Excellent. Well, this is great, Don. I, I think what we've got here really is going to be very helpful to any embedded engineer looking at this kind of design. Um, you know, again, getting whatever camera interface uh, that they're looking at uh, or, or camera module or, or camera sensor itself interface to a, an eval board or dev board of their their their, their uh, specification. It's huge um, and, and makes the design go a lot faster and, and definitely excited about what we can do there. So really appreciate your time. Really appreciate you showing this to us. Um, for anyone that's interested in this kind of a design or application, uh, Future Electronics Advanced Engineering Group and our FIS team uh, and, and Don himself, uh, we're happy to, to help out. We'd love to meet with you. We'd love to have a conversation with you, uh, understand more about your design and how we can assist gets you to production faster, uh, gets you to production, uh, you know, uh, with, with a better solution, with a lower cost solution, um, and gets you successful in your end product. Uh, if you have any questions at all, please reach out to us uh, at uh, Future Electronics 
uh, or shaping, excuse me, shaping the future at futureelectronics.com. Again, that's shaping the future at futureelectronics.com. And we look forward to helping you out. Don, thanks again so much for the time and for the demonstration. Uh, we look forward to getting these Cyclops boards into the customer's hands um, and helping a lot of people with their designs. All right. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for the interest in uh, Cyclops board and, uh, and the work that we've done to help customers uh, get to market. Absolutely.